Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. Good morning. My name is Aaron. I am one of the pastors here at Ocean View. Thanks so much for being with us this morning, especially after Thanksgiving. Um, but I have a question for you before we get rolling this morning, and it's kind of a really important question that I want you to kind of ask yourself. Don't ask your neighbor. It'd be a little, I don't know, condescending perhaps. Here's the question. You ready? Why are you here? Now, this is not like one of those existential kind of questions, like, why are you here? It's not one of those kinds. It's like, it's like why are you here? That's why you can't ask your neighbor that. Because it might be insulting, right? So don't do that. Why are you here? I mean, let's think about this for just a moment. It's 11.30 on a Sunday morning, uh, just after Thanksgiving. A lot of people out of town on vacation. Um, a lot of people could say, oh, I don't want to go today. I don't want to be anywhere today. I'm just going to stay home. You could be any kind of other place that you want to be right now. But for some reason, you, along with those that have been here the other times this morning or watching online, you are here in this room with us today. Why? Why is it? You ever thought about that? Some of you already know the answer. You're like, because my wife dragged me out of bed this morning and told me I had to come. And that's fine. For some of you, maybe it's because your kids or your students have found something here and you think it's going to be good for them, maybe some good morals, some kind of good value out of it, and so you bring them and you just kind of hang on and you're like, oh, this is what we do. For some of you, maybe, maybe you have nowhere else to be anywhere. You're not busy. You have nothing going on in your life. And so you're like, I'm just going to go to this place today. I don't know. I don't know why you're here. Whatever the reason is though, whatever your reason might be, I just want to let you know one thing. I'm really glad that you are here. And the reason I'm glad that you're here is because you're experiencing something that's relatively new in the history of the world. You're experiencing something that's also at the same time as it is new and unique, it is sacred. You're experiencing something this morning that I think can change the world and has for some of us in this room. It's changed everything. See, this morning, we've been asking a lot of why questions over the past several weeks. And if you missed any of those, I would encourage you to kind of go back and kind of, kind of watch those. But this morning, we're talking about something that I love a lot because Jesus loved it a lot. It's the church. Why do we do church the way we do? What is the church? Why does it exist? All of these kinds of questions. And for some of you, when I say the word church, even though you are in a place right now, when I say the word church, there's images that flash across your mind. There's emotions that kind of rise up in you because for some of you, when I say the word church, there's a lot of pain associated with that. Because you maybe were in a place called a church and there were people in that church and they were somewhat um, hypocritical, right? They didn't exemplify what you thought they should, or they might have hurt you in some way or used words in some way. And when I say the word church, there's some pain associated with that. There's some conflicting ideas about that too. For some of us, when I say the word church, there's a lot of joy that comes with that. There might be a lot of tradition with that. There might be family with that. When I say the word church, for some of you, you have feelings of obligation. You might have feelings of something that you have to do. For some of you, you found something and you keep coming back because it's beneficial. It's helping you in some way. 
See, we all have different backgrounds when we talk about church and what it means and what is the church and why does it exist. Today we're going to kind of lay some of those ideas out for us because I think we have, some of us might have a, a misidea or a, a wrong understanding of what the church is. Especially if you're like me and you grew up in a church because even that idea is wrong. Because when I say the word church, if you've been around, you know this, the church is not a building, right? You know it's not a place. You know these. Inherently, there's something in us that we, that we know that, but there's also something in us that ties us back to it. The church is not a building. It was never intended to be a building. But over time, it's kind of become synonymous with that. Where are you going today? To church. Where is that at? It's at the church. Where are you? I'm at the church. It became a place where we go instead of something that we are. So today we're going to talk about the church. Why? Why do we have the church? Why does it exist? And what is the church supposed to look like? Because I do believe it is a beautiful thing. So first things first, the church is people. The church is people. In fact, when we look in scripture, we know that it really could be articulated. Whenever you see the word church in, in, in your Bible, when you're reading it, whenever you see the word church, we kind of have to do a mental game because over time our language has kind of changed. And at some point in our translations and in our, in our language, it kind of changed into a building, into a place. And I won't get into all of all that, but whenever you see the word church, when, even this morning, when I say the word church, I want you to replace it with gathering. I want you to replace it with people, assembly, God's followers, however you want to do it, because that's what it means. It's an assembly. It's, it's God's people coming together, his family. And that's kind of how it was given to us, this idea of the church. Whenever we come together, we are the church, God's people. And you understand that churches can meet anywhere. We have a building here that we meet in, where the church is gathering. This building is that, it's just a building. You understand that there are churches that do not have the luxury of having a building. There are churches all over the world that have dirt floors and tin walls. I know because I've been to some of these places in Kenya and in Mexico. Maybe you have too. There are churches all over the world that meet under a tree. That's their church. It's the gathering of God's people. There are churches in this world that meet in dark, in secret, in the bathrooms of someone's apartment because it is illegal for them. Their lives are at risk when they gather together as the church. And the bathroom that they're worshiping in is no more sacred than this building that we are gathered in. It's the people that God has called together that is the church. And we see that when Jesus commissions his followers with a very important mission. In fact, when we look at it, we understand why the church exists in the first place. And here it is. He said this to his followers, Go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. We looked at some of those over the last couple weeks. So again, if you miss that, go online and watch that. And be sure of this. I am with you always. Jesus is with you always, even to the end of the age. He's with you. Not just the followers that were present there with him, but his church, his people, you and I. If we're followers of Jesus, he is with us even right now. That is why the church exists, so that we can go and make disciples. At Ocean View, we kind of consolidated it to say helping people follow Jesus. That's why we exist. 
that anyone can know him. That's why we exist, to help you at whatever stage, phase of life that you're in, that you can follow Jesus. And whatever we do, this doesn't change. The mission doesn't change. The message does not change because that is the bedrock. Jesus gave that to us and said, go do that. You know what can change? Where we meet can change. How we meet can change. Anything else is up for grabs. This doesn't change. At Oceanview, we've kind of said, all right, how are we going to do this? And you may have grown up in a church that had a way of doing it. I grew up in a church that had a way of doing it. I've been a part of other churches that had their way of doing it. Here's kind of, I'm going to do a flyover kind of view today, uh, just to kind of see how we, how we do this here, but also how the, the body of Christ is supposed to work. And so we've kind of said, here's three rhythms that we all need to have in our life. If we're going to help people follow Jesus, we said up, in, and out. Kind of easy to remember. And we just said that up is this a love for God? Because if we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we have to have a love for God. And we also have to have a love for one another. That's the body. That's the gathering of God's people, His church, those people. And together, and personally, we also have to have a love for people, for anyone in this world. So today we're going to kind of lay these out, and we're going to kind of focus on each one of these And see what that means for you individually and what it means for us as a body of of believers, as a gathering, as a church. Remember, a gathering of of people. I want to look at this first one, which is up, this love for God. When we talk about our love for God, we, we usually associate that with the word that you've already heard this morning, worship. We say that, right? I'm I'm going to worship, I'm going to worship God. We even at some point in our history of, of churches, we've said this is a worship service, that kind of idea. Worship is a lifestyle. A worship is simply this. It's showing that something is worth something, right? It's almost like worth-ship. Don't say that too fast. It sounds weird, but you can. Go for it. Worth-ship. Go ahead and say it. Worth-ship. It's hard, right? But it's assigning worth to something. When we see God for who he is, it's like, man, I... We're going to give it value. We're going to show him for who he is. And worship ultimately is really just a response to the revelation of who God is. So as he reveals himself to us through his word, as he reveals himself to us through nature, as he reveals himself to us through one another, as he reveals himself to us through his spirit, we are simply responding back to who he is. It's a lifestyle of worship and it comes in all kinds of different ways. I know people who worship God in the beginning of their day. They go to the beach and they'll, they'll just open their Bible and they'll pray and they'll look out. And that is a moment of worship for them, a moment of personal worship for them. There are people who worship by serving other people. It's not out of just the goodness of their heart. No, they actually see themselves as doing God's work. They are worshiping him as they serve others out of joy and love. When we pray to him, we are worshiping him. When we we worship him through our life, through our work, we worship him through our finances. We worship is a lifestyle. It's looking at all of life and giving it back to him because he is worthy of it. When we gather together corporately, we often sing songs, don't we? That is singing is not just the only kind of worship, but it is a kind of worship. And to someone who has never been to church before, it's kind of odd, isn't it? that we would gather together and that we would all just stand up and sing. If you had never been to this place before, 
with these people, and somebody came and was like, we're all going to sing now. Wouldn't you be like, what is going on? It would seem odd to you. For some of us, we've just grown up with it, so it's like, well, why wouldn't we? It would be odd if we didn't. So to kind of help us understand this piece, because I think this is kind of critical, um, I've asked Stephen to come out and help me with this, because Stephen and I have had some good conversations this week about this, uh, about singing in in group. Absolutely. in in mass, or if you will. Yeah, it's kind of a weird, like you said, it's kind of a weird thing to think about coming into a place where you don't really know all the people. And singing together. Sharing your voice with them. That's kind kind of of awkward a little bit because you're like, okay, I don't want them to hear me. It's kind of weird. Um, And you like to think, you know, anywhere else in society, you don't walk into your office and start the day and before you have your weekly meeting, let's all sing together. That doesn't really usually happen. But your day would be better. It would be. You should try that. Yes, I encourage you to try that. Um, Freak everybody out. But, um, you know, we do actually in society get together. And sing together because I think that what happens is it kind of puts us all on message. You know, the Bible tells us to sing unto the Lord. It's one of the most given commands in the Bible. And it's one of those things where I've thought to myself, why did God choose singing as that vehicle? I think it puts everybody on message. So I want to do a little bit of an exercise in here. Okay. Anybody have a, a birthday this past week? Anybody? Show of hands. We're not going to ask you how old you are. Okay, so, There's a couple. And we're not going to bring you on the stage. Someone okay. is holding someone uh, else's hand up. I saw oh, I that. Oh, see, I see, a, I see yeah. somebody outing somebody back there. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to all do what you do when you gather around a cake and somebody has a birthday. Is there cake involved today? No. Oh. That was last week. Yeah. That was a miss. Uh, once you get started, Nancy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Say we love you. We love you. Happy birthday to you. Wasn't that nice? That Happy was, birthday. Yeah, 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 that was nice. Yeah, yeah. We also do it, Aaron. Yeah. And I know you're a huge sports fan, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every, um, and there were sports on Thanksgiving. There were, yes, yes. Day. You may have caught them. So anyway, but when we're at sporting events, you know, um, we have no problem shouting out, singing our favorite fight song. I'm not going to name any of them, um, you know, hold that tiger or anything like that. Uh, not going there, but, you know, think about baseball, seventh inning, and you need to stretch your legs a little bit. And it's just what we do as a culture at a baseball game. It's something like this. Come on, join me. Take me out to the ball game. Join, come on, sing it out. Me out to the crowd. You some of them are swaying. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I never get back, cause it's root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. Come on, hear you. Cause it's one, two, Three strikes are out at the old ball game. Wow. I just had some weird faces looking at me. Yeah, no, there are some people who are like, I'm not singing. They're just not going to. Okay, okay, there's one more more place that we do this, okay? All right? You're listening to the radio. Not at a baseball game. Sorry. I was still being the people. You're (laughs) You're listening to the radio, or there's like karaoke going on at a restaurant, right? And then this song comes on. Hate you. There it is. Don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. 
coming up. Remember to let her into your heart. Uh-huh. Then you can start to make it better. You have better, to participate. Better, better, Ready? Here we go. Happy Waving out here. Come on, sing it out again. Yes, there it is. Hey, Jude. Now it's just your voices. Let me hear you sing it now. Hey, Jude. I like that. Hey, yeah, right? So that was fun, huh? That wasn't weird or anything. You know, you mentioned karaoke. I think that's a good thing. So who wants to... Um, just kidding. That's yeah, where we'll no, stop. Yeah. We'll stop there. We won't go there. Uh, but that's interesting because we do often associate, like, we come here, we sing, and we think maybe it's a little different or odd, but it isn't. There is something about singing all together. And uh, Paul McCartney, Stephen shared this quote with me, and I want to share it with you guys. He said, I'll switch up the songs. He's doing a concert. But I've got to do Hey Jude because it is such fun. And it's great handing that over to the audience. The greatest thing is you feel the sense of what? Community. And in these times when it's a little dark and people are separated by politics and stuff, it's so fantastic to see them all come together, singing the end of Hey Jude. I'm very happy with that. So I keep it in the show. There's something interesting about this because... I mean, that was not a worship experience. Well, for some people it might have been. But, um, but there's this idea that when we are all singing together, we're kind of leaving those things that divide us aside. We're leaving that, that whatever weight we came in with, we can leave it alone and we can join the community, the body of believers, and sing with that one song and that one message. Yeah, you know, you think about it. We come together, we gather, and it joins us on the same message together. You think about a church or an unchurched world that this is really odd. There's actually something really powerful to see people mean it, what they believe together. It's not cultish or anything weird like that. There are other things that we do that are like yeah. that, you know, but not that. Okay. But it just draws us all into a community experience together. Yeah. Like that. Awesome. Everybody thanks Stephen for helping us out today. Um, he does a lot for us in helping us understand this idea of corporate worship. And I just want to say one more thing about that before we move on. There is this idea that, that we have this corporate worship, right, when we're gathered together. And then we also have our personal worship. But here's the thing. They are not, they, one does not substitute the other. You understand? Like we cannot come together corporately and worship and then say that's enough. There has to be personal worship in our life as well. And there also, we can't have this personal worship and ignore the body at large. Which brings us to our next part here, this in rhythm that we have. This love for one another that we are supposed to have as the body of Christ. Because when we look at that, it really helps us understand why do we even have to come together in the first place. This love for one another. Paul wrote a letter to the church at Ephesus, the gathering of believers at Ephesus. And this is what he said. He said, he brought this good news of peace. That's Jesus brought this good news of peace to you, the Gentiles. Now, here's the thing. Gentiles were not God's chosen people up until this time. Jesus came 
And he said, all right, up until this point, the Jewish people were God's chosen nation. They were the ones that God chose to show his love through the world. The Gentiles could not have God's love. Those are two separate entities. And then Jesus comes and said, guess what? That system is gone. Now anyone who wants access to God the Father can come through me. And everyone can have a relationship with God. So that good news of peace is brought to Gentiles, people who were far away from him. People who are far away from God can have that peace. And also to the Jews who were near. These two different backgrounds, these two different lives coming together because of what Jesus did. All of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Now that is a beautiful thing. And that is why I believe the church, God's people, Christ's followers can change the world. Look at what else. Uh, I just want to point this out. In the early church in Acts, we kind of get a glimpse, we kind of get a description of how the early church operated. These first followers, after Jesus left his followers with his mission, this is kind of how they acted. This is what they were known for. A deep sense of awe came over them all, those followers of Jesus. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers, they met together in one place, and they shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those who were in need. They worshiped together at the temple every day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Every single day. The love that this community had for one another was so attractive that other people saw it and wanted to be a part of it. That is amazing. This is at a time in history where people who were on the outside, people, the outcasts of society, Roman culture would disregard them, but they would take them in. And that was appealing and different. That love for one another was contagious. It was beautiful. Paul describes the gathering of God's people, the church, the body of believers as a body. And he uses this language. We won't go into all of it. You can read more about it. But he says he makes the whole body fit perfectly. He goes on to say that you and I all are a part in this body of Christ. If we're followers of Jesus. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. Did you get that? As you do your personal thing that God has given you to do, that he designed you to do, your experiences, your background, your gifts, your talents, whatever it is, as you do your own special work, it helps the others grow so that the whole body is healthy. The whole body, all of the followers become healthy and they're growing and they're full of love. You see that you were designed to play a part in this body of Christ. There are 59 statements in the New Testament that say one another, love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another. One another is a pretty important thing in the body of Christ. And for some of us, we've been anonymous in this body for a while. We come, we sit, and we leave. And we come, we sit for our hour, and we leave. And let me just say something about that. If that's you, listen. Again, I'm glad you're here. I want you to keep coming. But can I just encourage you? to not stay anonymous for for too long. Don't settle into that for too long because God has designed you for something. 
And there's somebody else here who needs that. As you are growing, someone else can benefit from your story. Someone can benefit from your struggle. Someone can benefit from your gifts, your talents, your experience, your worship with God. Someone else can benefit from that. And as we all are doing our part, we grow together. Paul writes about how some of us are eyes, some of us are noses, some of us are mouths, some of us are hands, some of us are whatever it might be. I want you to find your part. I want you to stick with it. Don't be anonymous for too long. Your first step, can I just throw this out there, would be starting point. We say that a lot, but it really is. It's a great way to stop being anonymous. Just let us know who you are. And we'll let you know who we are. We'll go from there. Some of you have already done that and you are on your journey. Like you are, you're discovering what that means to be one another. You've gone beyond the weekend and you're in a neighborhood group. You've gone beyond just the hour and you're serving somewhere. You're using those gifts and you're building the body up. And you already have experienced that one another. I would just encourage you to be a part of that. Don't miss out on that. You weren't designed for everything, but you were designed for something. So let's find out what that is. That's the beauty of the body. The last rhythm we have is this out rhythm. And I have to say that out rhythm is probably the hardest one for some of us. To live out personally and also corporately. This out rhythm for some reason trips us up sometimes. But it is, again, why we exist. You understand that when we gather together, it is to benefit the body a little bit. Like we build each other up when we gather together. We encourage one another. But we exist as the church for the benefit of the world. That's why we're here. This is not why we're here. This is a part of it. We build each other up. We encourage one another. All those one another's, we pray for one another. We help each other. Why? So that we're ready when we leave this place to go and be a light to the world. That's why we exist. So we gather together for the building of the body, but we exist for the benefit of the world. And we saw this in the early church. Let me just remind you. And by the way, Stephen mentioned, does it feel like a cult? The early church really did probably look like a cult. Let's just call it out for what it is. If you look at it this way, you're going to be like, what? They are crazy. And we would never see this in modern times. It's very difficult for us to fathom this. Look at what they said. A deep sense of awe came over them all. What did you do this weekend? Well, I gathered with a bunch of other people and we sat in awe. Okay, cool. That sounds weird, right? And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Just imagine this. Somebody's telling you this, right? We gathered, yeah, we sat in awe and there was this guy and, and he was able to heal somebody. What? That sounds so bizarre. Remember the culture that they're living in. This does not make any sense. All the believers met together in one place. They shared everything they had. Everything. Clothes, food, money. Very communal living. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Now, just think about that. If your neighbor was selling their house, right? Just put yourself from that perspective. Your neighbor's saying, where are you moving to? Well, I'm going to go to this place and we're going to live with about 10 other families. Oh, Rent cheap? Well, we're all just sharing it. Okay. No house payment though, right? Well, that's true. So instead of making a house payment, I'm just going to give all of that away to anybody who needs it. And you'd probably say, oh, well, I need some. And they'd give it to you because you were in need. That's crazy, 
right? But that's what was so attractive about this early church. Go on to the next. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared meals with great joy and generosity. It wasn't begrudgingly that they had people over to their homes all the time. It wasn't begrudgingly they were like, oh, here's another person that I got to help feed. No, no, no. With great joy and generosity, they helped anyone who was in need. Not just those who were on the inside, but those outside of their community. Anyone who was in need. That's what made them famous. That's what they were known for. You have a need, go to that group of people. They meet needs. You're an outcast in society, they will take you in. You're an orphan, they'll take you in. You're a widow, they'll take you in. No one else will have anything to do with you, that group will. They'll even fight for you. They'll give you money, clothes, whatever you need, anything. You go to them, ask for that. They'll do it. All while praising God and enjoying the goodwill, I love this, the goodwill of all the people, all people. That doesn't just mean they were enjoying each other's company. Their lives were so attractive, it was contagious to those who were on the outside of it. And they wanted to know what made them different. Why? And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Wouldn't you want to be a part of something like that? Just imagine that. If somebody had seen that being lived out, and they go there to that gathering of people, and they experience that, and they say, why are you doing this? And they say, well, let me tell you about Jesus. This is why. And they lay that out for them and they say, I want that. And they fall in love with Jesus and they start doing the same. That's our mission. It's to help people follow Jesus by a love for God, a love for one another, and a love for all people. It's up, in, and out, helping people follow Jesus. That's what we're called to do. Personally, as individuals, but also together as the body of Christ. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians. This is, this is, just look at this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. That's beautiful. I love that. All of this, all of this, this new life that we get together, this new joy that we have with one another, this love for God, this love for one another, this love for other people, all of that is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Don't forget that. You were brought back from somewhere else to Christ. And God has given us, you and I, his followers, his church, his bride, the body of believers, he has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. That is amazing news. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. God is making his appeal through the body. God is making his appeal through those who are his followers, you and I, personally, individually, and corporately. God is making his appeal through us and we speak as the body of Christ. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That is amazing. That's why the church is so beautiful. And that's why I don't want anyone to miss out on that. So I mentioned earlier about some people who are anonymous and I'm just going to tell you, like, if that's you, don't settle there. 
just take a step, go to starting point, let us know who you are. For some of you, you found this community here and you, and you keep coming back and I just tell you, take one, take a step. Go beyond the weekend, jump into a neighborhood group, find what it means, all those one another's doing life together, what that looks like. Find a place to join a ministry team, start serving, start using those gifts and talents because somebody else can benefit from that. And some of you already know that. And those of you who are already in that place, invite others to join you. Some people just need a little encouragement. Ministry wasn't designed to be done alone. I think we've seen that. And the last thing, as a church, as a body, our mission is to help people follow Jesus as a body, but also individually. Don't substitute one for the other. Find someone that you can help to follow Jesus. One person that you can help to follow Jesus. That's what we're called to do. That's why we exist. That's what being the church is all about. You pray with me, God. Thank you for giving us this mission. And forgive us for ignoring it sometimes. For thinking it's something that we can just pass off to somebody else. No, you've given it to us individually and as a body. So God, I I thank you for that. God, help us to find our place in the body of Christ. For anyone who might be searching, who who isn't even a part of the body of Christ, they just have questions, they want to know more about what what makes this group so attractive. They want to know more about you. God, I ask that you would bring one of us into their path. God, help us not to neglect what it means to love you in a life of worship. God, help us not to neglect what it means to come together as the body, to serve together, to live together. And God, help us to reach those who need to know you. Help us find the person that you want us to help follow Jesus. In his name we pray. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.